0: everybody and welcome to this episode of So Important. We have a special guest with us today. His name is Edwin Hyman, and he and I share a love for a type of movie called film noir, and we both particularly love the B-movie subgenre of film noir. And we're going to talk about that today and what makes these movies so special and so different. So let's just jump in and let me welcome Edwin to the show. And I'm wondering if you could uh, say a few words to introduce yourself a bit and maybe talk a little bit about how you got into this particular... Uh, hobby.
1: All right. Well, like Monty said, my name is uh, Ettenheimer. I'm Dutch, uh, 45 years old, but I currently live in Belgium. I just moved here and I've been into movies for quite a few years now. And before I discovered film noir, one of my favorite movies was Blade Runner which is a science fiction movie, but it's also known as a science fiction neo-noir. And because of that, I started to look into what noir is and... I got a box set of film noir movies and the first one of that box set that I watched was a movie called The Killers with Burt Lancaster and the opening scene just hooked me. Straight from second one, I was hooked. And yeah, that basically cemented it. After that, I started to watch a lot of film noir movies. I started to read up on the history of film noir, where it came from, its influences, etc. And from there... It just spiraled
0: out of control in, in a sense, I guess. And we could talk forever about defining film noir. That's somewhat controversial, but I think it might be great to hear what you how what you describe as a film noir.
1: Um, as you as you said, it's a controversial topic. But for me, film noir is basically it's a movie that's stripped of all its glamour, uh, all pretension, and it just it's cynical, it's world weary, it doesn't try to. Show anything in a good light. In some ways, it's an alternate universe, but in some ways, it's also realistic because people do make bad choices all the time, and that's what happens in film noir. You do something, you whether you really want to or not, and you're screwed. Whether it's by a femme fatale or whether it's just a small-time criminal trying to make the big score,
0: and it's often just a regular person who makes a bad decision, like you said, because of a female or because he wants to get that last big break or whatever it is. And then he ends up paying for it at the end. Exactly. It's
1: There There are no heroes in film noir. It's all anti-heroes or just common people. And,
0: and they tend to be very dark movies. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, yes, for sure. Both thematically and visually. And people who know the genre a little bit tend to think of the big movies with stars like Double Indemnity or The Maltese Falcon. And I wonder if you could talk about the difference between those movies, which might be the the studio A movies, and the ones that we're going to talk about today, which are the B movies.
1: Right. Well, like you said, Double Indemnity, Multi Falcon—they are really big movies. They had big names. They had a big budget, etc. And while that works for those movies, film noir is essentially, like I said, to me, it's about the bare essentials. So to me, it's much better suited for small B movies with unknown people, because if you see Humphrey Bogart for instance, You don't really see him as a common person because it's Bogart. And with B-movies, it's mostly unknown actors. The scripts are really bare and stripped down. The movies were made in a really short period of time. So you have to sort of see through the cheap production budget. And you start to appreciate both the way the films were made, because they were made incredibly efficient in in such a short period of time. And they really try to focus on the bare essentials of the story. And that's what I really like about the B.
0: Yeah, no, I think you've really hit it on the head when you say that uh, they were very budget constrained and they just really had to focus on the story. And these are the movies that were made as extra movies by the studios or by independent small studios because they were cheap to make and they were supplements to the A-movies. Exactly, yes. So yes. I think the budget point you made is a really great one because the directors had to make in the, the everything about the script writers, the directors all had to make difficult choices about how to get around the fact that they really didn't have a lot of money when they were making these movies.
1: Yes, they did. And oftentimes you'd see sets that ha- that were recycled within the movie or even between movies just because there was no money to create elaborate sets. Part of the reason why Noir looks the way it does, which is very dark with a lot of shadows, is because it's just easier to produce because you don't need extensive lighting setups. So everything is geared towards making the most out of the least amount of money.
0: And there's, there's a human dimension to noir because you really start to feel for the characters. You feel like you know them and you can see that they're not necessarily evil or they're not necessarily big gangsters like in an Edwin G. Robinson movie.
1: Exactly. People are not completely right or righteous or completely wrong or evil. You can understand why, for instance, someone wants to make a big heist even though you don't necessarily would do it yourself and you can you or you can see why someone would fall for a femme fatale it's very much these people are not superheroes
0: right. what else is it about the b movies that distinguishes them from the a movies in your mind that makes the b movies the ones that really appeal to you
1: i guess there's no filler it's very compact it's very direct and it's well like i said with noir i it's stripped of all glamour and with b yeah, movies it's no. even
0: more so now you also have a blog about these movies. And what is the theme yes, of correct. the articles that you do in the blog for those who might want to take a look at it?
1: Well, it's not it's not just B-noirs or A-noirs, but I try to review a noir that I watched and that struck something with me, that I somehow felt compelled to write about, and it could be because I liked the efficiency of the movie or because I liked the story of the movie or whatever aspects kind of so, hit a nerve with me. I also enjoyed the, the history of film noir and especially the bees because they came they came out of the pulp novels, which themselves were also, in in a way, the bee genre of literature.
0: Weren't some of the great writers also screenwriters? Uh, yes. Even
1: um, you have like Raymond Chandler, who worked on uh, Double Indemnity, even though he didn't write the book. And then you have Cornell Woolridge, um, Steve Fisher, who did a lot of screenplays, but also a lot of books.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a great way to make... Money and you also had people like Darren Trumbo uh, who were blacklisted, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, blacklisted actors got a lot
1: of work in the B with, with the Bs with, with the independent studios, usually under a uh,
0: pseudonym because these guys were willing to pay them way under what they would otherwise have to pay them. Yes, so it's it's a fascinating genre and. Maybe we can spend a few minutes talking about some of our favorites. So if someone said, all right, so I heard all this, what, do you, what should I go watch? Why don't we uh, switch off a little bit? What would, be the, what would be a couple that you might tell somebody that you got to see to really understand the genre or just because they're a really good story?
1: Well, let me first start start with a very controversial one because it's to me the last true noir, and that would be *Bless of Silence* from 1961, which is controversial because everybody says it's *Touch of Evil*, but for me it's *Bless of Silence*. It's an independent movie made for, I think it was amazing. under twenty thousand dollars. And it has some of those blacklisted uh, people you mentioned, like Lionel Stanner, who does a uh, voiceover narration, which is something that is incredibly common in film noir, voiceover narration, throughout the entire movie. But the movie is really, really good. But it's also, you you can see it was cheaply made, but it doesn't affect the way the movie
0: pans out. All right. So let me give one. This one is called The Setup. Okay. With Robert Ryan and Audrey Totter. And and it is about a boxer going for that last big pot, Then he doesn't know it, but his Manager has sold him out. I think that Robert Ryan, to me, yes. is the consummate film noir actor. And the whole thing is about an hour and it's shot in real time and it's so powerful and evocative.
1: I love that movie, and I love Robert Ryan. I think he's an incredible actor, especially when he plays these types of noir characters, and he's um, in a sense, this is a different role for him, because normally in noir, he's, he's the villain, and here here he's just a regular guy who, as you said, isn't isn't told by his manager to take the fall, essentially, and it's yeah, he, he just makes the movie. Okay, well, I'll, I'll throw one out that is related to the pop novels we mentioned mm. earlier, which is uh, The Chase from 1946. It's based on a Cornell Woolrich story or a novel actually. And what I like about it is that it's it's a bit of a crazy movie. It has a car with a with speed controls in the back, which are used by another of my noir favorite actors, uh, Steve Cochran. And he loses his wallet one one day, which is picked up by Robert Cummings. And Cummings returns it, and he gets hired as a chauffeur. And then he gets into an affair with Cochran's uh, girlfriend, Michelle Morgan. And from there, things go crazy. And just yeah, when you think you got the story movie. figured out, you didn't.
0: It's, I'm going to give one here just to make sure it doesn't get overlooked. It's kind of an obvious one. But it's probably the movie that got me into this whole genre in the first place. It's called Detour. And it was made in, uh, I think, six days. And it's easy to find out there. So just go ahead and find it, folks. And trust me, you got to see Detour. And when I saw it and uh, when Ann Savage enters the screen about a quarter of the way into the movie, it just wakes you up. And it's, it just makes you think, what the hell is going on here?
1: It's almost menacing the way she takes over the movie another one that I wanted to mention which is maybe not a great movie but it's a movie that for me works on a on a noir level is called Strange Fascination it's from 1952 and it's made by a director called Hugo Haas who also wrote the screenplay and he also plays the principal character which he did in a lot of his movies and what I like about this movie and most of his noirs in general is that he his stories are very bittersweet they're very noir but but his characters are usually very sympathetic, and yet you know that he makes the wrong choice. You know, you know that the the women in this in his movies aren't up to no good, but it's fascinating to watch just like the title says and in this movie particularly he has two women in his life he's a he's a a european pianist who comes to america and he is uh, funded by a wealthy woman but of course he falls for a really cheap nightclub singer because that's what happens in film noir and then everything in his life falls apart but he's too naive to realize it
0: so here let me give another one that's a little bit off the wall it is called dementia or Daughter of Horror. It is a crazy movie. Some guy had a a secretary who had a dream. He wasn't a movie maker. He decided he was going to make a movie out of her dream. And the movie was made, and it stars the secretary. And there are two versions of it, one uh, with narration and one without. They're both odd and surreal to watch. The one without is terrific, but the one with is narrated by Ed McMahon, of all people. So it is a horror noir But it is just in its own world, made on the dime. That's my next to last recommendation. How about that?
1: Okay. Well, it sounds interesting. I've heard a lot about it. Obviously, now I have to push it up the to-watch list. Since you mentioned horror and noir, I'll throw another one out there, which is called *The Seventh Victim*. It's saying it's noir, uh, saying it's horror is a bit of a weird thing, but it has a, definitely has it has satanic elements, it has surreal elements, and it has an ending that is unlike any other uh-huh. ending I've ever seen in yeah. noir. Especially in that era, given the production code. I'm not, I'm not even sure how it passed the production code with that ending.
0: All right. So let me throw out one last one for folks called Gun Crazy. And it was made by a group called the King Brothers. The screenplay was written by Dalton Trombo, who was blacklisted. It starred Peggy Cummins, who was a basically an unknown, and John Dahl, and... I think it's one of the greatest love stories ever told. Boy, is that a good movie. You've seen that one, I know, right? Yes, of course I've seen it.
1: And you're right, it's, it's really, really amazing on, man, on many levels. I also appreci- I also love the way it's filmed by right. like the, the bank robbery, which was shot in one take. The way that Peggy Cummings and uh, John Dollar are introduced to each other.
0: Any last one you got to get in there?
1: The last one, I guess, would be uh, this movie called Shakedown from 1950 it's a b-movie made by a major but it was made for the lower end of the double bill it stars howard duff as a journalist who will well he, he would go over bodies just to get get his story he really doesn't care about anything but what he doesn't realize is that there are other people like for instance this gangster called lawrence Tierney, who are even more ruthless than he is and who are really lethal
0: so, Edwin, uh, this was a lot of fun, and I think we gave people a good, good sense of uh, what the genre is all about. And any final words or anything that you'd like to leave people with as they think about exploring this genre a little bit? Well, I think for me,
1: the most important thing is that if you want to get into noir, then don't ignore or don't focus just on the A-list movies and A-list actors, because there are some great movies there and some great actors, but there are some real gems hidden in the B-movies that people too often neglect. It's the same with all the noir literature. A lot of the books focus on, on the same same short list of movies, and it's always the same, you know, there, and, there's, and there's so much more out there.
0: I think we have to wrap it up, and uh, I just want to say thank you very, very much. I really enjoyed this.
1: Well, thank you for asking me.
0: That was so much fun. I love Film Noir. It's going to be back on the show periodically. I watched The Chase on Edwin's recommendation, and it was fantastic, full of some twists and turns at the end. Couldn't have enjoyed it more. Anyway, if you came in to hear a discussion about Film Noir, I am so happy you joined us. We have so many interesting guests planned. If you have something you want to talk about, get in touch. If you don't mind, go ahead and give it a good rating on iTunes. Leave a little review if you're so inclined. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening.